grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. Before you leave Beersheba and head into the wilderness, make sure to pack the essentials. Number one, first aid kit. No? Uh, okay. Uh, flashlight. No. Uh, how about trail food? Well, at least you brought water, right? So that will be a no for fire starters, sun protection, rain gear, whistle, map, compass, and pocket knife. Oh, Elijah, why? Why hike into the wilderness alone without food or water? Perhaps you know in your own experience what it means to run for your life. Perhaps you too have felt the urgency of a way eclipse towards. Perhaps you too have left your companions behind and found yourself in the wilderness where only a solitary tree bears witness to your shouts, your sighs, enough. Another friend with terrifying test results. Another loved one gone too soon. Enough. The surge of the Delta variant. Nationwide distrust of vaccination. A second pandemic winter approaches. Enough. The people of Haiti cry out after the assassination and earthquake of last summer. The farmers of this community watch summer's fruit burst and bruise and rot on the vine. Right now, an ICU nurse works yet another shift in an intensive care unit stretched beyond capacity. Enough. They are all saying, I can't take it anymore. And of course, some of us, some of our neighbors, have prayed Elijah's prayer word for word. Enough. Take my life. Death in all its many forms is familiar to us. And yet even in the wilderness, underneath the solitary tree, Elijah is not alone. And neither are we. God comes alongside us, a traveling companion in the fierce landscape of despair. 
Auburn Sandstrom knows something about that. It's 1992, and 29-year-old Auburn is curled up in the fetal position on her filthy apartment floor in Ann Arbor, Michigan. She is going through withdrawal. Have you ever had an anxiety attack? Imagine having an anxiety attack for five years straight. At this moment, Auburn wants to jump out of her own skin, wants to run screaming into the night. But sleeping not too far from her is the most precious person in her life, her baby boy. One more conviction, and she knows that she'll lose him. And so she picks up the phone. Clutched in her hand is a crumpled piece of paper, a letter from Auburn's mother with a phone number for a counselor. Her mother wrote that this was a, a Christian counselor, which I know would make me wary. After all, too many people who affix Christian to their job titles lack the compassion of Jesus Christ. But Auburn is desperate that night. And so she punches the numbers into the phone and listens. The other line buzzes to life. A man answers, hello? Hi, I got this number from my mother. Do you think that you could maybe talk to me? It's 2 a.m. She can hear the man shifting around the bed sheets, snapping off the faint sound of a radio. And then he's present. Yes, 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 what's going on? Auburn hadn't told the truth, hasn't told the truth to herself or to anyone for a long, long time. But that night she does. She's scared. Things are pretty bad. She might even have a drug problem. And on the other end of the line, there is no judgment, only kindness, gentleness. Tell me more. Oh, that must hurt. And now the sun is rising. He has stayed on the phone all this time as their conversation winds down and a sense of calm settles over her. Auburn is grateful, but also curious. I really appreciate you and what you've done for me this night. Aren't you supposed to be telling me to read some Bible verses or something? How long have you been a Christian counselor? Please don't hang up, comes the reply. The number you called, wrong number. As sunlight fills the room, she doesn't mind. She is too full of a sensation that some call the peace that passes understanding. What she has experienced in her own words as random, unconditional love meant for her. She won't get her life together that day, but 
but as she lifts her toddler into her arms, she feels that recovery is possible. And it was. When we cry enough, enough, God comes alongside us in love, a companion along the way. Under the solitary tree, the divine messenger nudges Elijah awake. Surely the prophet would rather be left alone. But instead, here is food. Here is drink, and here is some tough love. Get up, eat something, because you have a difficult road ahead of you. God did not call Elijah into the wilderness, but God is calling the prophet to a new destination, to Horeb, the mountain of God. And on the grassy hills in the region of the Decapolis, ten cities founded by foreigners, the word made flesh sees how fragile human flesh truly is. If Jesus sends the crowds away now, they won't have enough strength to travel. They will not be left to go hungry. And neither will we. There is more than enough hunger, more than enough harsh wilderness. Lord, how could there ever, ever be enough bread or enough hope or enough love? Friends, recall, Jesus has done this before. You think a crowd of 4,000 people is a stretch? Remember the 5,000 families on the other side of the sea. Five loaves and two fish filled their aching stomachs and filled 12 baskets of leftovers. God has come alongside us before and will do so again and again and again, even in the wilderness, even in Tyre and Sidon, even in Ann Arbor and in Hector, God comes unexpectedly with bread and grace to strengthen us for the journey ahead. After worship today, this community will take one more step toward the edge of the desert. Today, this congregation considers my request to part ways on November 7th. I don't intend to ditch you like Elijah did to his servant, and I don't want to leave you behind in Beersheba. But God is calling Yerel to Minneapolis. And by extension, that, God, that means God is calling me to pack up my life and to move west into a different kind of unknown. As we enter this time of transition, it's assuring to know that even beside the solitary tree, 
There is an angel waiting for us with the bread we need to eat and the words we need to hear. I think that you'll recognize some of those heaven-sent messengers. Some of them are neighbors who will preach in this pulpit. But I suspect, I suspect God will send you some surprising traveling companions as well. My friend and colleague, Trey, also finds hope in the story of Jesus sharing bread, told twice in the Gospel of Mark, 5,000, 4,000. For Trey, the miracle is more than multiplication at mealtime. The miracle is that Jesus is not done. Jesus is still showing compassion. Jesus is still providing ridiculous abundance. Jesus is still placing bread in our hands to feed a hungry world. Jesus is not done with us. God is not done with you. God didn't call you into the wilderness, but God will call you toward a new destination. Friends, keep reading the first scroll of Kings, and you'll recognize Horeb by sound, not by sight. It is the place where the Spirit, where God's still small voice loosens the knots of our fear. It might take you longer than 40 days and 40 nights, but believe me, it's worth the difficult road. Recall Auburn Sandstrom's story. She shared it at a storytelling event convened by the good folks at the Moth. Listen all the way to the end of her story, and she'll tell you, this is what I know. In the deepest, bleakest night of despair and anxiety, it only takes a pinhole of light, and all of grace can come in. For such grace, nourishing us like bread and love. Let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, creator of the sun and soil, Christ, the bread of life, spirit who bids us come and dine. Amen.